Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. Hello and welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. On tonight's broadcast, we're going to be continuing the study of the book of Corinthians with chapter 7. In this portion of the letter, Paul talks about marriage, divorce, and remarriage. It is sometimes a controversial and touchy subject, but what saith the scripture on these matters? So join me on this podcast already in session. And hello, and welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. It's good to have you here on a Thursday night. I had the day off today, which was really nice. Um, I had, uh, obviously, it's Veterans Day, so um, got to be off from work, which was a good thing. I see one of my brothers, um, uh, not only brothers in the military, but brother in Christ, uh, Brother Jimmy there, uh, listening from Guam. So all the way around the world, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of what time it would be. Maybe uh, Brother Jimmy there can tell us what time it is in Guam. Um, I think it's already tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, Friday morning sometime, I'm going to guess. Um, he'll, be able to, he'll be able to tell me whether or not that's accurate or not. But uh, it's good to have you here. Uh, tonight we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and like I wrote on the, in the comments section. I pray that you listen to the entirety of the, of the broadcast tonight. If you do listen, or if you have to go back and listen, that's fine. But um, I would really, uh, you know, it's one of those subjects that we're going to talk about tonight that it's, uh, Paul addresses something in, in, a, in a very practical way, and it says what it says in black and white. And so we'll address that, uh, but in no way am I going to... Um, be condemning anybody that's maybe gone through what we're going to talk about tonight. So uh, we're just going to talk through a few things and uh, be straightforward and honest and uh, just let the Bible speak for itself. Um, But um, I'd ask that you please just sit around for the entirety of the broadcast or maybe even just, um, you know, go back and watch it later on. Uh, but as always, you can always write me a comment down below um, in the live stream. You can write a comment or you can write it in the comment section below um, and both on YouTube and, and uh, what am I thinking? Face, Facebook. There it is. Can't speak tonight. Uh, but you can always leave a comment down there, ask a question. But the best way is to reach out to me at LTMBIY. That's LTMBIY at Yahoo.com. And I will get back to you as soon as I possibly can. Uh, the sound engineer in the house says that it sounds good, so that's good to hear. Great. And uh, like I said, it's good to see Brother Jimmy there. My wife is watching already. I know a few other people will come in, so uh, let me let me know who's all watching, and um, it just gives me an opportunity to know who's actually tuning in. But uh, I'm always thankful for you joining me live you can always go back to the uh, archives, though, on both Let This Mind Be In You on YouTube and Let This Mind Be In You Ministries on Facebook and look at all the uh, past broadcasts. And you can also uh, check me out on any of the podcasting platforms you'd like to listen to. That's only an audio version uh, of the same exact broadcast. So um, I, I'm thankful for those that listen to that as well. Um, and if you notice, 
on the channel or in the um, on the podcast platform, whichever one you're listening to, maybe on at this present moment. There's uh, the book of Proverbs, just a narration. Um, I said that I was going to start that because, you know, the video portion of it obviously is for, um, I'm just reading through the Proverbs, you know, all the way through just the chapter. I'm not commenting on it. I'm not doing anything. I'm just reading it, just narrating it. And um, and the reason why I did that is because before I push out on deployment, I want to have all 31 of those Proverbs done and potentially the book of Acts. I don't know if I'm going to get to that in time before I deploy, but um, book of Proverbs at least. And uh, so you'll be able to put that in. So if you're going down the road and you want to listen to uh, a proverb, whatever proverb that it is for the day, you can look that up. And um, I did it mostly, though, like I said, for my children to see me and um, reading them a proverb a day as we do around the house here. So I look forward to getting all that done. I'm not Alexander Scorby, okay? Uh, So... If you notice that I make a mistake or I mispronounce a word or something like that, please uh, just drop me a line and say, hey, you, you made a mistake here, and I can go back and, um, and check that out and see what it was. Like if I mispronounce, mispronounce a word, it may just have to stay that way. Because <laughs> like I said, I don't know. You listen to the Bible read aloud by Alexander Scorby, and you're like, how does he pronounce most of those words? And how did he have the time to read through the entire Bible recording all that? It must have taken quite a long time. But um, anyways, all right, so we're going to get through, uh, start get started here on 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And before I do, give me a sip of coffee here. Hello, Sister Janet. Just tuned in there on Facebook. And I'm assuming YouTube's going to start picking up here in a minute. Normally does here in the uh, first couple minutes, but um, good to see everybody. So as I said, we're just going to read through 1 Corinthians 7. Um, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, I'll make a few comments here and there, but it's not, um, there's not a whole lot of uh, things that we're going to bring up as far as like cross-references or uh, there might be a few thoughts here and there on a couple of these passages, but um, this is very straightforward. And like I said, again, if you've been through... Uh, divorce and remarriage and all that kind of stuff, um, I, I I definitely feel for you, okay? Uh, that's not the way that, you know, we're supposed to be, obviously, uh, death do us part and so forth and so on. Um, I do know that it does happen. Some people, before they're saved, it happens and all sorts of things. Um, but I'm just going to be here. We've, we've gotten to the portion of 1 Corinthians where it talks about it, so we're going to talk about it as well. So I hope that uh, and pray that you listen to the entirety. All right, so with that being said, let's get started. Now, it seems like with this first verse, um, you know, obviously this is an entirety of a letter, but Paul addresses the fact that there must have been a lot of this going on. Something was happening within this church there at Corinth, which was a bunch of things that were happening there in Corinth, obviously, as we've seen already. But Paul says here in verse number one, now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Okay, now, does this mean within the marriage relationship? Of course not. In fact, uh, Paul will address that here in a little bit as well. Uh, Inside the, uh, I guess you would say the bounds of matrimony, there's uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with um, 
touching a woman. Okay, thank God for that. All right, uh, <laughs> but at the same time, there seemed to be a, um, I guess there was some sort of contention that was being done, or or something was happening there, where they actually had to reach out to the Apostle Paul to to ask uh, whether or not it was acceptable. Now, is this? I don't know if I want to get into all this, but I mean, is this something that has to do with just holding hands or giving a hug or so forth and so on? I think in the context of this, uh, as we'll see here in a few seconds here as we keep reading down, that this isn't just talking about touching. Now, touching leads to other things, um, so I would obviously caution against that, especially if you're not married, okay? Obviously, if you're not married... uh, Keep your hands to yourself, right? But at the same time, I don't think in context that's what it's talking about when it says the touch of a woman. I think this is in the uh, the sense of inside the bounds of matrimony, what you're allowed to do uh, touching a woman. Okay, let's move on. All right. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Now, you'll notice right away that this is singular, husband, singular. And uh, this will be very clear as we, as we go through here what, what he's talking about. And it says, let the husband rendered unto the wife do benevolence. You know, you think of in Ephesians, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And likewise, also the wife unto the husband. Do benevolence, respect, love. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And everybody says, Amen. And it keeps growing. And likewise, also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Meaning my wife um, belongs to me, but it's not like a, you know, some sort of master-slave relationship. I also belong to my wife. Simple as that. Uh, my body is her body, and her body is my body. And that's why it says, uh, you know, for this cause, a man will leave his father and mother and the two shall be one flesh, cleave unto his wife, so forth and so on. You know, one flesh. That's why we get the picture or the analogy of the body of Christ that we become one in Christ Jesus. The, the, um, the marriage, so to speak, takes place. And that's why we're one. Just as we're one in a marriage relationship, we're one in Christ. Pretty simple. And then it says in verse number five, defraud ye not one another, okay, one the other. Defraud meaning withhold, except to be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your inconstancy. incontinency. Um, okay, I'm not going to get too into specifics. Um, all adults that are watching this, you should understand what this is talking about. And then it says here in verse number six, something very interesting. But I speak this by permission and not of commandment. Now, that's very interesting because when we think of what we're about to read, we have to be very careful as we read certain portions of this. And I'm going to point them out when we get to them. That Paul is not saying that these things are commandments. Like, for example, uh, the commandment you must marry or a commandment that you must not marry, you know, you know, we think of uh, the Catholic Church with priests and um, other, 
others, you know, forbidding them to marry, you know, they're to be celibate, all these kinds of things. Paul's saying that this is not by commandment. It's just speak this by permission. Basically, his thoughts on these things, as he will point out, he says, look, this is what I'm going to say, and I have the permission, so to speak, of the Holy Spirit, but this is not a commandment of God. Okay, keep reading. For I would that all men were even as myself. Now, this is why people believe that Paul uh, was a single man. Um, Whether or not he was married to begin with or that um, possibly he was, um, you know, maybe his wife left him. Uh, I've heard that before. Or his wife had had passed away. Um, I'm, I'm of the assumption... Okay, and this is a pretty good assumption. I I think I heard my dad talking about this uh, just recently that Paul started out uh, being married. Uh, He was part of the Sanhedrin. He was a Pharisee. He was a Jew of all Jews. And as a adult male, as an Orthodox, as a very religious, devout Jew, he would have been married probably from a very early age. Um, What happened to his wife? Either she left him or she passed away. I don't know. Uh, But it seems to me that he was without a wife. Uh, But it says, as he says here, for I would that all men were even as myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. Paul is simply saying here that some people have the gift to be alone as far as in a marriage relationship, not being in married and encumbered. And Paul will touch on this very uh, directly here in a few moments. It says, I say, therefore, to the unmarried and widows. Okay, so here's another indicator that maybe Paul was a widow as well, or widower. I, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of doubt that. I'm of the opinion that, like I said, that he was married and his wife just basically said, um, um, after the road to Damascus, um, there goes the cash cow, so to speak, and see ya. And I think there's a reason, uh, there's some re- meaning behind that as we get down further into this uh, portion of Scripture as well. But And it says here, to unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I, meaning not married at the time. Okay. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. If you cannot contain, Paul's not, he's not saying this is a commandment that, you know, remain as me, celibate, uh, or not married. He just says, it's, I speak this per permission. I have permission of the Holy Spirit to say this. Uh, but if you cannot contain, meaning that uh, that's not one of your gifts, Okay, if you don't have that gift within you to stay unmarried and it says it's better to pardon me, better to marry than to burn. Now he gets very specific and practical. Verse number 10 and unto the married I command yet not I, but the Lord. Now see how it's shifted. At first, it was by permission. Okay, these things that he just said, you know, remain unmarried or get married if you can't contain but now it, it is shifted in verse number 11, or verse number 10. And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. Now, if you got a pencil or something like that and you write in your Bible, 
you can make a little note off that to side that this is a command for the wife to not depart. Verse number 11, but and if she depart. Now this is going to this is going to deviate away from what the uh, the bill of divorcement and those questions that the Pharisees try to trip Jesus up with during his earthly ministry. This is different, okay? And uh, we may we may touch on that just a tad bit here in a second, but it says, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife. Same thing. Wives, don't leave your husband. Husband, don't put away your wife. Now, again, I have to say that this is different in a different circumstance because if Paul is speaking to a blend of um, cultures, whether Jew or Gentile, Paul says they're all one in Christ, but as it as it stands, there was a difference, you know, a betrothal time uh, in the Jewish culture. If you were betrothed, you were in fact married. Ipso facto, you just hadn't sealed the deal yet. Okay, that's why Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but they was he was going to write a bill of divorcement to break that contract because when he found out she was with child. That's why the angel had to appear and say, don't do that. You know, this is of the Holy Spirit and so forth and so on. But there's something different here. This is an actual people that are actually married, not engaged. Okay. What we would consider in our society, in our culture, an engagement. Um, If you break off an engagement, so be it. You know, better than after you made your vows before God. Okay. But it says here, unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband, but if she depart, let her remain unmarried, or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. Now, same goes for the men. You put away your wife, you're to remain unmarried or to get reconciled. And it's as simple as that, folks. Well, I hadn't done that. I'm, I got remarried. Should I divorce my current wife and get back? try to get back with my my ex-wife. Two wrongs don't make a right, okay? Please don't do that. Don't break up whatever family uh, you have now. Um, You know, there's times in our lives, you know, that we wish that we could go back in time, right? Sure. Um, Maybe we're in the flesh. Maybe we weren't being led of the Spirit during that time. Maybe we weren't even saved at that time. But I recommend you don't get a divorce to try to reconcile with your ex-wife that's or ex-husband that has probably remarried as it is. It's rampant in our society, speaking of the American society. Um, I think I saw some stats not too long ago that over half in, of marriages end in divorce, and most of those uh, divorces take place within the first, I think, five or seven years of marriage. So, but that's what it's talking about. Don't get remarried, either get reconciled or remain unmarried. And again, like I said, I'm not trying to put any kind of, look, folks, um, as was pointed out several weeks ago, there's things that I've done in my past. I have permanent ink in my body, scars, um, that I'm not proud of. There's things we all have. And as I mentioned, though, a couple weeks ago, what do we do with that? 
are we going to be held accountable for that in, in eternity if we're in Christ? No. He has forgiven our sins, blotted out the trespasses, the, the, the ordinances that were against us. They've been blotted out, never to be mentioned more any, again. So now as we have that knowledge, okay, who we are in Christ, now we are to walk in that. You can't change the past. You can't do all those things. You can get forgiven. As far as you were forgiven of your sins, you can get it right in your own mind and say, mm, as much as it's in me, this is my new relationship, husband and wife. We're sticking together. Okay, We're going to choose to love each other, so forth and so on. And um, a lot of different like what ifs, what if the, the wife or the husband's being abused and all these other kinds of things. I've heard a lot of that stuff growing up around churches. This is very plain and simple. I think if you are in danger, you need to leave the um, that surroundings and that environment. But uh, if there is a divorce that happens, it says here, if she depart, if he departs, if he puts her, remain unmarried or be reconciled. And then in verse number 12, again, something shifts a little bit. But to the rest speak I... Not the Lord. Now, Paul has said, okay, this portion right here, this section, this is of the Lord. This is a commandment. This is my preference. Everybody remains as I do, but this is not a commandment of the Lord. I'm saying this for permission. Now he's over here in verse number 12, but to the rest speak I, not the Lord, if any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. Okay? This is Paul speaking now with permission. Again, this is inspired of the Holy Ghost. And it says, And the woman which hath a husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. Obviously, this was going on quite a bit. You know, the first century church. Um, a wife or a husband gets saved, and the husband or the, uh, the wife of that person is not. I'll get to that in a moment. Brother David is on over here. What if your wife is like a goddess? I don't know. I'm not sure what that's. I think that's the way you're you're trying to compliment your wife, but I'm not sure what that. Maybe I, I'll have to get to that in context of what you're talking about in a minute there, Brother David. But So the point is, though, is Paul's ad- addressing now something different, okay? Preference. Commandment of God, now to the rest I'm speaking to you, not I, is I'm speaking to you, not the Lord, me. As it says, rest speak I, not the Lord, if any brother hath a wife. For if the unbelieving, verse number 14, husband is sanctified by the wife, hmm, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband, else were your children unclean, but now are, are they holy? It seems to be that that is the influence within that 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 body of believers, there was somebody that was married to an unbeliever, but because of their testimony and them not leaving that person, they were happy to abide still with them. It seemed that that testimony led, along with the Spirit convicting that person of their need, obviously of a Savior, that that was what got them in the door, so to speak, or at least got them to say, wow, there is something different by her testimony. 
and the children seem not to suffer from that as well. That's what I gather from this. But it says in verse number 15, but if the unbelieving depart, let him or her, you can read here, depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. Now, there's a little bit of um, a debate over verse 15, okay? And I'll just put it that way. Some say, well, I'm saved. My husband's not. Uh, he chose to leave me. He divorced me. I, I didn't want it. He, he divorced me. Can I remarry? Now, I, regardless of what your opinions are on that, uh, mine differs from my father in this case, okay? My dad doesn't believes that you should stay, remain unmarried. I believe that verse 15 is not a license, so to speak, to get remarried. You should try to still reconcile, but say that other, let's just give an example, a, a wife gets saved, husband doesn't like it, says, I, you're, you're one of them holy rollers now, goes down, tries to get a divorce, gets a divorce, wife doesn't want it, but they live in a state where she can't even contest it. Let's just put it that way. The husband goes out, gets married to another woman. Well, obviously, there's no reconciling going to take place at that point. At that point, right? Is the wife to remain unmarried? I think it, Paul addresses this in the beginning portion of this passage of Scripture where he says, I w it's better if you do remain unmarried. And he also talks the reason why here in a, in a few moments here. But I don't think that there's a law or a commandment or a preference of God, I would say, as it talks about here, uh, but if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases. I think the bondage is to that law, okay, that commandment. You're not under that anymore, so to speak. You're not beholden to something because it wasn't something of your own doing, okay? Now, if I get to heaven one day, my, my, my father, by the way, if he's watching, probably uh, probably will say something here in a moment that he for sure doesn't agree with that. He believes that they should still remain unmarried. And uh, I think unless something has changed in his mind about that, I'm just not of the same viewpoint as far as that goes with verse 15. If I get to heaven one day and I'm told that I'm wrong and uh, that I'm you know, you know, it is what it is. You know, I, I guess I will, I'll be wrong. And by the way, if there's other portions of scripture that maybe I'm not seeing that, uh, tells me that I'm wrong, please point that out and, um, please do so. But it seems to me that this is not a, okay, I, I got saved. My husband wants to leave me, uh, or I got saved and my wife wants to leave me. They get, we get divorced I didn't want it. I try to reconcile. She gets remarried. He gets remarried, whatever the case may be. Um, what do I do? I don't think you're under bondage at that point. Personal opinion, but once again, as he says, but to the rest speak I, not the Lord. So I hope that makes sense. I'm all around there. Verse number 16. Let's keep going. For what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? Again, the testimony. Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? Now, obviously, you cannot physically save them. Christ does the saving. 
but I think it's, again, a good indicator that it's by that testimony. Um, by the way, this is another little thought that just popped in my mind. What if I'm, you know, the husband decides to remain but tells the wife, um, I don't want you going down to that local body of believers and gathering with them. What to do then? I think by her testimony, she needs to be under subjection to her husband. And that's not maybe a popular opinion, but by that testimony of subjecting herself as Christ said to do, possibly by that you might win your spouse. Some some would disagree with that, obviously. No, bless God, you need to go down there and gather with that body, regardless of what your husband has to say. Let every wife be subject to her own husband. If you're a pastor and you're advising somebody to just go against God's word on that, uh, be careful. Okay, that's all i got to say about that. Verse number 17, But as God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called every one, so let him walk, and so ordain I in all churches. Is any man called being circumcised? Now, Paul kind of shifts gears just a tad bit here and says, let, let him not become uncircumcised. Okay? Don't get confused by this verse. If any, it says, is any called in uncircumcision, let him not be circumcised. Okay, obviously, if you've been circumcised, you can't go back on that one. Paul's not talking about a physical act here. He's talking about if you're a, a Jewish culture of, of this portion and you do this, don't try to live like this other side of the house. He addresses this when he gets the meats in chapter 8 as well. But um, that's what he's talking about again in this letter. Is any man called being circumcised? It's a good question. Let him not become uncircumcised. Is any called in uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing, but the keeping of the commandments of God. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Seems like you can still live as culture. Whether you're circumcised or not circumcised, Paul said, it doesn't matter. It's nothing. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, also he that is called, being free, is Christ's servant. It's giving a word picture for us to understand that in Christ, there's not Jew or Greek or bond or free, as he's mentioned many times in other passages of Scripture. That's all it's talking about. Because of what reason? Verse number 23, ye are bought with a price, but not ye but not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. Now, concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord. This is plain English, folks. Yet I give my judgment. Paul says, I'm going to give you some Paulology or whatever. Paulology here, he says, brethren, or now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment as one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. It's interesting. I suppose, therefore, that it is good for the present distress, I say, that it is good for a man so to be. Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. If you're married, 
don't be seeking to be loosed because what I'm about ready to say, Paul's saying, or art thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. Are you loose from a wife? Did she pass away? Did she, you know, did she leave you? Seek not a wife. But, and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. Again, I'm going to bring something up here in a little bit that I've, I've addressed before, but let's just save that for a second. But, and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, shall, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. Okay, this portion here is very practical, okay? This is, has nothing to do with a commandment. This is not saying you should remain unmarried. If you are unmarried and you do get married, you haven't sinned. You're not somehow less spiritual or holy or whatever. It says here, nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh. What do you mean by that? He's going to describe it. But this I say, brethren, that that the, or excuse me, brethren, the time is short. I think this is meaning that we don't have a whole lot of time here on this earth. I believe Paul's mentioning this in reference to an imminent return of Christ. Paul definitely believed that that Paul that Jesus could return at any moment. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none. And they that weep as though they weep not, wept not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not, and they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. Basically, as he's gotten done describing this trouble here, He's literally saying that if you're not married, you're not encumbered. Why is that? Because God says if you're married, you have responsibilities. First and foremost, responsibilities. You can't just drop everything and go, like, I'm going to go on a missions trip. I'll be gone for seven months. See you. You know, take off. You can't drop at the drop of the hat. I think married couples that have children also understand this, that once you have children, you're encumbered even more, that you can't just go and do the things that you used to be able to do as a just a couple without children. But just think of what you could do for Christ if you weren't encumbered with a wife or a husband. That's all Paul's saying here. But he that is married cares for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. That is because... A man that does not take care of his wife and his family is worse than an infidel. You're to take care of your wife. Of course you have to care for the things somewhat of this world because you have to provide for your family. Makes sense, no, doesn't it? There is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord. Some most... Godly ladies, I, I had a teacher in, in um, elementary school that never got married, served God every single day. She's still alive. I can I, I don't know if she ever watches any of these, but I can name the name right now. Never got married and served God. There was nothing encumbered. She didn't have to um, can be concerned with taking care of her husband or taking care of the home for him. 
she just thought about the things of the Lord. So don't be in a rush. I guess when I boil it down to say this, don't be in a rush if you're a teenager or a young adult and you, I got to get married. Well, it's better to marry than to burn. Yes, I agree. So if there's really something in it, you don't have the gifts. But at the time, if you're unencumbered, dwell in that and rejoice in the Lord that you have time and opportunity to just serve God with no distractions, no, um, I got to be careful saying, calling, going on a date with my wife, a a distraction. But if I want to please her, there's things that I have to do for her because there's things that she likes to do. If I was not married to her, there's a lot of things that I would not be doing. (laughs) And if you're watching this, babe, I'm sure you are, uh, she already knows there's places that we go to or things that we do that if I was not married to her, I would not be doing, but I want to please her. And I think I've gotten better at understanding my role as a husband over that, but I'm encumbered and it's a good thing. I love being married. Okay. But Paul is simply saying that you have time for the Lord. You have things for that. You care for the things of the Lord that she may be holy in verse number 34 both in body and in spirit, but she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. It's the same thing. Husband trying to please the wife, wife trying to please the husband. Those that are not married, who are you trying to please? Who's literally all you're trying to please? Now, I believe that, um, you know, you got to be careful leaving the house because if you're you're leaving the the protection of your mom and dad, and uh, getting out on your own, big old flashing arrow signs pointing at yours truly, uh, that's probably not a good thing. Especially if you're not rooted and grounded in Christ. Um, but I've talked about that before as my testimony. But and this is just very very practical, obvious kinds of stuff. This is not a commandment that you got to remain unmarried. And it's not a commandment to get married. You would think the most places that you go, uh, cultural Christianity, you go in there, everybody's looking for an uh, MR degree or an MRS degree when they're going off to colleges and all this kind of stuff. So consumed about it. You go into the, you know, gather with a local body of believers. That's not the time to be speed dating and looking for a wife. Serve God. He'll bring you who you need. Okay. Anyways, be careful trying to do things your own way. Don't do that because you could end up in one of these situations. All right? Trust God. He knows what he's doing. Okay, verse number 35 as we wrap up here. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you. He's not trying to trip him up. He just say, look, this is reasonable to think about. If you're not married, just remain as me. If God brings somebody, if you can't, I understand. Not everybody has the same gift. Go, by all means, find you a good godly woman. Get, get, get married, okay? That you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. Verse number 35, that's simple as that. But if any man think that he behaveth himself uncommonly towards his version, if she pass the flower of her age and need so require, let him do what he will. He sinneth not, let them marry. Again, 
Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but hath power over his own will, and hath so decreed in his heart that he will keep his virgin, doeth well. Hey, I'm just going to remain a virgin the rest of my life. I, I, I just want to serve God. I, I don't, I don't des- desire to uh, be with a woman as far as getting married and being encumbered. Some have that gift within them, but it's not a commandment. So then he that giveth her in marriage doeth well, but he that giveth her not in marriage doeth better. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. Here's the bound, bounding, the bondage of the law. Uh, that's why I go back to verse number 15. I notice my dad is in the house now, uh, so to speak. He's, he's watching. Um, I think we still somewhat disagree on verse number 15 and what that all means, but... I think it was verse number 39. It says, The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth, but if her husband be dead, she's at liberty to be married to whom she will. Now, if it stopped right there, you know, sky's the limit. Go knock yourself out. But it says, Only in the Lord. When you get married, only in the Lord you should be seeking to not be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. Simple as that. What fellowship has light with darkness, okay? Really, really ensure, look at the ends of their conversation, whether or not the fruits of the Spirit be present. Now, can somebody talk a good game and fool you? Sure. But really, really get to know that person, okay? Whether or not their their walk matches their talk. And this also goes back to the fact that if anybody's in Christ... You are at liberty to marry them, no matter what the pigmentation of their skin looks like. If they're in Christ, there's no Jew or Greek. Just you're both in the church of the living God. When it says, marry to whom you uh, she will, or insert he will, only in the Lord. But if she is happier, if she so abide after my judgment, and I think also that I have the spirit of God. If she wants to, though, just abide. Husband passes away, and she wants to remain a, a widow. There's nothing wrong with that. So, anyways, I hope that helped you, um, and I hope it didn't confuse anybody. It's very straightforward. Don't let anybody try to tell you you have to get married. There's something wrong with you if you don't. You just take them to this passage of Scripture and say, look, I, I just want to serve God right now. Good, great, amen. As the Apostle Paul said, it's better. But if you can't abide, by all means, uh, don't burn. Don't be touching women and committing fornication and all these other kinds of things. Very practically speaking, look for a wife. God will bring you who you need. Okay. That's it. Let's get over here and look at some of these. Uh, let's look at some of these uh, comments here. Brother Wilson's talking about not putting your wife before God. Okay. Okay. Pagan and heathen marriage is not a good picture of Christ in the church. Absolutely not. Mm-mm-mm. We see here, uh, that's interesting. What a mess it would be to deal with a family of Mormons with multiple wives that got saved. Well, maybe so. 
for sure. Dad's in the house. All right. Brother Jimmy there in Guam never got back to me, but I think it is tomorrow sometime, tomorrow morning, if I had to guess. So it's good to see you over there. All right, Brother Larson is over there on YouTube. Good to see you there. And Brother Stephen, Brother Stephen Woodruff, good to see you. It's been a, been a while. I, I pray that the, the Lord finds you well and that you're still growing in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ there, brother. So good to see you. So far, everything said, I have come to the same conclusion. Okay, well, amen. All right, well, if that's it, uh, we, we'll probably wrap it up a little bit early unless anybody's got any questions. And like I said, um, please don't take anything that I said personally or, you know, as a, as an affront, like trying to, if you've already been through a divorce and you've already been remarried, uh, God can use you. Now, if you're a man and you think that God is, uh, put the desire of your heart, uh, if you desire the office of a bishop, I do think if your wife still liveth, your first wife, I don't think that uh, you meet the qualifications. And it's not just me that thinks that. It's what the Word of God says. You can't get around that. It's 12.45 p.m. on Friday. That's what I thought. Good to see you there, Brother Jimmy. Yeah, that's what I thought. So it is going up on almost 9 o'clock here on Central Time. And it's 12.45 the next day in Guam. I remember being in Guam and uh, calling my um, now wife. And I'd have to call her. I would call her like super, I think it was super like, or like around like 8 o'clock at night. And, or something, somewhere around there. I, I remember I had to call her maybe even during, it was late at night for her. But it was calling during like my lunch break. If I had to remember that was like 20 years ago. So, Miss Janet here, Sister Janet says, I will be married 53 years the 27th of this month. Well, praise the Lord, Sister Janet. 53 years. Wow. My wife and I, uh, on the 22nd, so 11 days from now, we'll be celebrating 18 years, but you got 35 years on top of that. 53 years. Praise the Lord. My wife in the other room, <laughs> um, if she's watching this, babe, 53 years. Yeah, I'm looking over here now at YouTube at the comment here from Brother Larson. Sorry I came into the slate. Is possible, or is it possible that Paul is speaking to both groups, Peter's and Paul's? That's getting into a... Uh, uh, more of a mid-acts uh, dispensational um, talk, and very well could be. Um, there was probably those that were saved under uh, both ministries um, in that one body, so could be. There's a lot of different things in there, but you know, I think if they were a Jew in the sense of uh, under the kingdom gospel, um, they would be beholden to that what Jesus said about the uh, the bill of divorcement. Very similar, though. 
and a lot of things. I'll have to think about that a little bit more, but good to see you, though, Brother Ken. And even if you showed up late, not a big deal. All right, I think we're wrapping it up. Okay, I do want to make an announcement for those that are watching, because if you're watching all the way here to the end, you're some regulars, and so I appreciate that. So uh, next Thursday, I will be out all night, so I'll be working super late, so there will not be a broadcast next Thursday night. And then the following Thursday, my mom and dad will be in town, and that's also Thanksgiving Day, so we will not be streaming on that Thursday as well. So the next two weeks will be off. But be looking for the narration of the book of Proverbs. I will try to continue to do those. Uh, in fact, I'll probably do, I'll probably try to get a couple of chapters in tonight, uh, right after I get done uh, processing everything and getting everything pushed up to the podcast platforms. I will probably do a couple of recordings of the book of Proverbs. So, but, um, just as a reminder, the next two weeks won't be going live uh, on those days. I'll do that. Uh, he's saying 1 Corinthians 7.39, compare with Romans 7, 1 and 2. Okay. Well, we got a little bit of time. So 1 Corinthians 7, verse number 39, and Romans 7, verses 1 through 2. As long as, dominion, as long as he liveth for the woman which hath the husband bound by the law to her husband, so as long as he liveth, but the husband does, she is li- Yeah, it's exactly. That's a very good cross-reference there. Yep, absolutely. Very good. Romans 7, 1 through 2, uh, comparing that to 1 Corinthians 7, verse 39. Yep, absolutely. Same same thing. So good, good point right there. Happy early anniversary, Miss Janet says, Sister Janet says to us, and same to you. Again, congratulations. Praise the Lord for 53 years of marriage for Sister Janet and her husband. Okay. All right. Well, that's it. Like I said, I'm going to try to get a couple of um, uh, narrations of a couple more chapters of Proverbs, get those filmed and recorded, and get them uploaded. But uh, it's good to have you uh, on here. Thank you for those that stuck around the entire time. And um, please, like, share, subscribe, um, tell all your friends, uh, please help me. Uh, obviously, the I'm not going to get promoted by either Facebook or YouTube or any of the podcasting platforms, so I depend upon you and the word of mouth and for you to share this on your personal pages if you have one or, um, yeah, share the channel on your personal pages or just by word of mouth, and I would appreciate it. So God bless you. Thank you. And we'll be back in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 next time we get together. But like I said, it'll probably be a couple weeks before that happens, okay? So God bless you, and uh, thank you for joining me on Let This Mind Be In You. And that's all for now. I'll see you later. God bless. Bye-bye.